Coaching, consulting, therapy. What the hell is the difference? I couldn't do this episode with anyone except Lisa DeHart, a therapist turned master certified coach. Knowing the differences can help you spot someone who doesn't actually know what they're doing. I love how she breaks down each specialty, and I hope you find this conversation as enlightening as I did. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Critically Conscious Coach, where coaches and consultants know the importance of deeply connecting with prospects, showing up in an authentic and joyful way, and inviting those people to become lifelong clients to exceed their sales goals. But most coaches are afraid to market themselves because they've been taught to use cookie-cutter marketing tactics and unethical sales approaches, when in reality, your prospect just wants a real emotional connection and amazing results. Therefore, Get ready to unlearn and market yourself authentically through asking insightful questions, making better business decisions, practicing self-acceptance, and doing sales the right way. Hey, hey, we are... Super excited to be back for another episode of the Critically Conscious Coach, and I have Lissa DeHart with me again today, a master certified coach, among many other things, who is going to talk with us about the difference between coaching and consulting and coaching and therapy. Now, Lissa shared her amazing entrepreneur journey in last week's episode, so I definitely encourage you to go check that out because today we are going to focus on this topic, right? We're going to do a fast, deep dive into this topic because Lissa has like the perfect background to talk to us about this. So Lissa, again, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. So for you, it's two big questions, but we're going to start and stay centered on coaching. But what is the difference between coaching and consulting? And then what about the difference between coaching and therapy? So those are like the two things that we're going to do our very best to cover today. So coaching and consulting, what's the difference? What is the difference? And it's like everything, a very interesting line. It's a bit gray and fuzzy for a lot of people. And at the end of the last episode, you mentioned the coaching demonstration that you and I did. I would even invite people to maybe go watch that if they haven't prior to listening to this, because I think it'll start to bring it into more full color for them as they see what coaching is. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, there's an expertise that people come in with. And I think this is our culture teaches us, go to school, become an expert. It's all about your expertise. We want you to be an expert in the market. Join Forbes, write for Forbes so that you can be a subject matter expert. Everybody is trying so hard to be a subject matter expert. And as a subject matter expert, we're being paid to come into a space and fix problems, Mm -hmm. develop solutions that will change the organization, change the person, change the family, change the whatever, right? Whatever the whatever is that is having a problem, we're the subject matter expert and we're coming into that space. Yeah. And as a subject matter expert, we tend to be on audio output after we've gotten our questions answered, after we have a sense of the place of what's going on. Once we 
have discerned what we believe the problem to be, we become audio output only. We now have the answers for the person that are going to fix their problems and make everything better. The problem with this is that that is not coaching. And so I would invite everybody to consider a time where you had a problem and you also had a friend who was on audio output. They'd been there. They'd done that. They'd already had that problem in their own life. And they told you, this is what you need to do. This is what you should first, you should break up with them or you should quit that job or you should march into your boss's office and you should tell them this. And think about how that landed on you as you were being told what to do. And this is the biggest difference between coaching and consulting. I think there is definitely a place for a subject matter expert to come in and consult with an organization about whatever. You know, you and I had actually chatted about this offline about like having somebody who's maybe a podcast manager. They're a subject matter expert on how to do it. And so they work with us to tweak what it is that we're doing so that we're putting out something that represents what we want to be representing and we're on brand or whatever the languaging is there. And that's absolutely brilliant. There is an absolute need and place for consultants who can come in right. with that sort of bird's eye view, take a look at the lay of the language and solve a problem for somebody. Based on my experience, these things are things you need to be considering. Try that and see what happens. Come back and let's talk some more. Coaching is very different from that. Coaching is very much a partnership between two people. And the goal of a coaching conversation, and I'll probably change my mind on this a little bit later, but in this moment, the goal mm-hmm. of a coaching conversation is to look below the waterline. So everybody's familiar maybe with the iceberg model, right? And what we see above the surface are the actions and the results. That's what we see above the waterline. But without going below the waterline, we don't have an opportunity to be curious about what's driving the actions that are leading to the results that the person doesn't want. I believe that that's where coaching really shines. And so having that opportunity to have a partnership with another person who can hear a shift in the tone of your voice or a word that you're using. And what does that really mean? There are so many words we use assumptively, like, oh, I just know you said that word. I know what it means. I'm going to just assume I know that I'm right and I'm going to go with it. And so it becomes the difference between directing somebody like, oh, I heard these two things which of these two things should you want to talk about? It becomes even bigger than that. As we become better at coaches, we're like, I'm hearing multiple threads here, which is most important to you. And there's this turning it back to the client to make a determination, right? And so- You asked me that question. I did, because it's a really good question. I offer it to everybody. And part of the reason is because from a neuroscience perspective, we believe what we say in our own head more than we believe what other people tell us. Once we've decided something in our mind, it is very difficult to forget that we've decided that for ourselves. Mm. So a good coach is going to want to light up your brain with your own insights. I don't need to light up your brain with my insights. I need to support you to light up your own brain with your own insights. Mm. And the way that I do that is I've learned how to ask questions that are useful between where you are now and where you want to be 
which means that I understand the structure of a coaching conversation. There's a container that I want to be able to hold the space up. So I may be doing a little facilitating at the beginning of a conversation. Then we're going to go way below the waterline and we're going to explore things that have shown up in the conversation. And then there's going to be a bit of facilitation at the end to anchor your awareness and learning. But I'm not telling you, this is what you're thinking. This is what you're doing. This is how, you know, this is what you need to do to change that. I may share something like there may be an observation of, you know, I'm noticing the use of shoulda, woulda, coulda coming up a lot in this conversation. And I'm curious how that's supporting you moving towards what you said was important to you, say, having more clarity or taking action on something. It's the client's job to make sense of that. It's my job to notice it and name it out loud. And I think that's very different process than me coming in and going, Ruthie, tell me a little bit about your problem. Oh, I got it. Okay. Do I understand you correctly? Are these all the problems that you're telling me that you're struggling with? Well, here is my Johnny on the spot solution for you. Let me tell you what you need to do. First, you need to do this. First, you need to do that. First, you need to do the other thing. And one of the places where I think consulting shines and I don't want to coach is if I'm trying to build something. If I'm building a podcast or I'm building a chicken coop or I'm building a car or I'm trying to lay carpet or whatever it is that I'm doing. It's a tangible action that I'm trying to do. Then a consultant is perfect. If what I'm trying to do is understand why I'm not doing it, even though there's 40,000 YouTube videos at this point on subject X, but I'm still not doing it. What's going on there that stops me? That's where coaching is so useful. That's a really good example because I was just imagined briefly what it would have been like when I was setting up like my chicken coops and my chicken runs if somebody had tried to coach me through that instead of just giving me the plans. How does it, that's right. How does it feel if the wire is here or there? Like you don't need that. Like what are you noticing when you say Fox? Like what is the, what's really, it doesn't, it doesn't make any no. sense. You need just like, <laughs> hey, you need to make sure that you predator proof your chicken coop because everything wants to eat chicken because it's delicious. Right. They do. Oh my goodness. I actually just had to fix a hole in my chicken run that I didn't know was there, but I was like, there's chicken food everywhere. None of my chickens got eaten, but there's chicken food everywhere. And I was like, last time chicken food was everywhere. There was a juvenile raccoon in here playing, you know, parkour and climbing everywhere, (laughs) but it wasn't big enough to know that it could eat the chickens. It just ate the chicken food, which became, which is great. Right. It was great. A little expensive, (laughs) but still great. And so I sealed it up. I sealed up that hole yesterday, but that, that was me learning. But yeah, oof, the juvenile raccoons. I mean, like, thankfully it was a juvenile raccoon, but at the same time, I'm like, stay out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. You know, it's so funny. But in that particular case, you don't need somebody to walk you through it. You need somebody just to go fix the hole and, and, or this is how you build it. So maybe you don't get a hole or whatever, or, right, or right. you're going to just need to buy into the fact that if you have chickens, everything on the planet likes to eat chicken except for, well, even other chickens, really, frankly. Um, and so, well, yeah. you know, the- and chickens are dumb and curious, which is a terrible combination. Oh, I remember. Okay. This is an aside. Can I just share a funny story? Of course. So Michael was in the military for 22 years and we of course went to many, dinners as a result Air Force, Air right? Force. And um, there was a retired general that had come to speak at one of the 
you know, one of the graduations that we were attending. And he talked about four types of people. You've got your smart people, dumb people, industrious people, and not industrious people. And he said, the best people to have on your team are obviously the smart, industrious people. They're the best. He said, but the worst people to have on your team are the not so smart, industrious people because they make a lot of problems. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah, chickens. Not so smart, industrious. Perfectly. While I was sealing up this hole, the chickens were so interested in it. But at the same time, like they would wander off into the darkness for sure. They are the silly college girl who's tripping through the forest that she shouldn't have been in on Halloween night on a full moon where all the signs were pointing to don't do this. She does it. And she runs screaming through the forest every time. Yeah, Those are chicken. Every time. Yeah, that's okay. chicken for you. So this is good. So I have I have like a side question here then. So people who are business coaches, right? Is it possible to be a business coach and still take on like a, a real business coach, right? Like respecting your journey, help, you know, being that person who creates the container to ask the questions, to turn the light back onto the client. Is it possible for them to also function in a consulting role as needed? Absolutely. Okay. Now, not for their demonstration for an ICF or EMCC. Right, right, right. Potential. You need to be able to demonstrate you know how to hold the space fully in your coach hat. And there's also ways of doing it that aren't fully consultant. It might be you and I are having a conversation about, I don't know, maybe it's a business conversation and we're talking about what's in the way of you making a couple of different choices. And at the end of it, I might say, you know, may I share an observation? One of the things that didn't come up in our conversation that's showing up as I'm thinking about this is this idea of, I don't know, getting feedback from people who have been through your program. Now, I'm sharing an observation of something I didn't see happen. And so I might throw that in there. How does that sound to you? Like, is that something that's even of interest to you? And you might go, no, it's not of interest. Or, oh, yeah, like I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a great idea. It's a little bit of a consultancy because I'm throwing into mm -hmm. the space something that you didn't bring forward. On the other hand, I'm not saying, hey, I have a list of books that I think you should read right. and your homework today is to call 20 of your clients and you know check out with all of them what the best services that you provided and how would they speak about the work that mm -hmm. they did with you, blah, 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 blah. That may come up, but I really want it to come from the client more than I want it to come from me because if they go here are the insights that I've had from our conversation. And you know, the actions that I need to take are, I need to call, like I need to call some of my clients and ask them about X. And I need to kind of do a rack and stack of what's, you know, what my primary purpose yes. is or whatever it is. So if it's coming from them, if it's self-generated, it's going to be more powerful. They're going to follow through on it because it's their actions instead of being giving actions. And in fact, it was so funny. I had a initial coaching conversation with an executive who was looking to hire me. And he said to me, I had a coach before and he asked terrible questions and I started laughing and he goes, what would you do if I told you, you were asking me 
terrible questions. And I, and I was still laughing. And I said, well, I would ask you, what is the right question in this moment then? Like, I'm not attached to the question. He goes, oh, you would turn it back on me. I'm like, well, yeah, because clearly something lit up your brain that that wasn't the right question. So what is the right question? Right. Right. Whereas a consultant, I think might be more like, well, we need to answer these questions because if we don't have the answer to these questions, how will we know how to move forward? Right. And it's, and the focus is different. The focus is on the product and in, in consulting and the focus is on the person and how they're being in relationship to the situation in the coaching. Okay. So what about the difference between coaching and therapy then? That is an even fuzzier line. And yet I still feel like people are crossing it. (laughs) Well, and they are because it's so fuzzy. You know, it's really fuzzy. And so people are going to have a bunch of different opinions about this. So I'm just going to share mine, knowing that there are many other perspectives out there. One of the things that I hear about the difference between coaching and counseling or therapy is that one deals with the past and one deals with the future. Coaching deals with the future, therapy deals with the past. But I would Mm -hmm. posit this. If we're talking about a conversation that you had yesterday with your supervisor that didn't go so well, technically we're talking about the past, right? I don't have Mr. Peabody's way, way back machine to take me to yesterday any more than I do 20 years ago. So the difference in therapy from my perspective is we might go, what is the underlying thing that's getting triggered here? Maybe where did that originate? And what is the work we need to do to heal that wound? Mm-hmm. That takes a particular skill set of creating safety so that you're safe to go into the trauma and back out of the trauma. There is a lot of skill set that is required in order to create the level of safety for somebody to process through and integrate their experience into who they are and to find their way towards being a kind of person who is in within whatever the healthy mental spectrum is. And so there's a mental disturbance that is significant enough that you need a therapist. And there's enough trauma in the background of some sort that needs to have extra special gloves to hold it safely. Right. Coaching is different. Coaching is really about working with people. And I know there are coaches out there that do trauma coaching and they're, you know, and I, I have to admit, I sort of struggle with it because I spent so much time doing trauma therapy, but I'm not saying that there's, that you have to be a therapist to be good at this stuff. I'm just saying you need a lot of training in order to be able to hold a safe space for people. Yeah. And so with coaching, Let's say the past comes up and they're having this conversation with their boss and it didn't go so well yesterday. And the coach says something to the effect of what's showing up for you as you hear yourself saying that. And the person out of the blue says, you know, I remember how tough my dad was on me when I was a kid. It felt exactly the same as that. Well, in a coaching conversation, we've started off with something that's important to the client to work on. What is it that's important about all these things that you've brought forward that you want to explore? And what would be different? Like, where are we going in this conversation? And often people will use words like, I want to have a sense of lightness, or I'd like more clarity, or I'd even like to have some tools. So let's just say any of those things they want to have by the end of this conversation. So as a coach, 
unlike a therapist, I might hear this, my dad and this, you know, really old story that just got triggered Mm -hmm. by what happened yesterday. And instead of going, tell me more about your relationship with your dad. And is there work that needs to be done and healed around the trauma that happened 20, 30, whatever many years ago, 10, 50, 100 years ago, I'm going to instead as a coach say, you know, as you thinking about this relationship and the origins of this trigger that happened yesterday, what's important to explore in it that will take us towards what you said you wanted to get in today's conversation or the overarching goal of the coaching relationship. So if, for instance, the person is working on leadership and how they treat their team, what about this is useful in understanding how you're relating to your team? So I'm not running away from the past, right? Right. but I'm not diving into it. I'm instead asking what is needs to be explored and dealt with so that you show up differently with your team, your goal, or that gives you more clarity around what it was that happened yesterday. Right, right. Like, so hypothetically, like you ask that question and I'm like, oh, like as it relates to my team or, or whatever, it's like, maybe, you know, I should take some time to be more aware of how my relationship or how, you know, my personality has developed because of that relationship with my dad and look at how it's impacting my individual interactions with my team members. And then you would have additional questions and we could develop actions based on that without like, so that's me saying, Hey, this, this did happen, but how am I going to you know, move forward. How can I look at the present and the future to see how this is, is impacting exactly. me? And without making me, I mean, and not to say that nobody ever cries during a coaching session or anything, but without being like, tell me about your relationship with your dad. And now I'm ugly crying and our time is up. <laughs> and it's like, okay, see you in two weeks. Um, and so that's really part of the problem is that unintentionally, we actually can do serious harm. Yeah. And people trust us. So they brought something into the space that we don't actually have the capacity to handle. And remember, with coaching, we are coaching people who are fundamentally whole, capable, resourceful, creative. We're not focusing on severe trauma and severe mental health issues. That is not what coaching is for. That's what therapy is for. And so I know there are a lot of trauma-informed coaches out there. And I would say if it were me and I was looking for a trauma-informed coach, I would want one who is also a trauma-informed therapist because there are depths of pain that people will open up that become very suicidal very quickly. It is crazy how fast our minds can go from being in one place to another with one simple little flick of a switch. And all of a sudden, if you're not prepared to understand how to create a safety you know, agreement, yeah. if you're not comfortable with people talking about being suicidal, if you're not comfortable and you don't have a support system that supports you to hold that space for somebody, it becomes very overwhelming very quickly. And so that is, you know, that is really, I don't know enough about trauma-informed coaching. So I say this with a caveat of I've never been through a trauma-informed coaching program, so I don't know what that is, but I have gotten a lot of training about trauma therapy. And so I know the bad places people's minds can go when they are re-triggered by past trauma. And that is not the purpose of coaching. Right. That is exactly what we needed, particularly, like I said, in having been in programs and been a part of seeing things where I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's not always about intent. 
right? Like your intent does not erase your results. So whether you intended to poke and prod somebody's old wounds and then cause them some type of mental or emotional harm, that might not have been your intent, but that doesn't erase the result that you got. Right. There's still there's still an impact. Right. There is still an impact. Intent versus in, in, impact, right? Yeah. So intent versus impact. So that's still there. And I think, you know, I've, I've been in those spaces where people think like, oh, look at how deep they're going. And now like this person's crying, like looking like, you know, they are not okay. But like, you get this sense of people being proud that this person has gone so deep. It's like, well, that wasn't a controlled descent, guys. They just like ran off the edge <laughs> and like jumped. That was not controlled, you know? I love that metaphor. Like I didn't scale, you know, I didn't rappel down that mountain. Like I just yeah, dove off of we it. We don't have our climbing yeah. gear on. We're like free falling like instead. Are, and that's not a comfortable It's not. Place. And they're, it's not, they're not okay. Place. So I, I think that this is really important. I have, like I said, I got a lot of people who listen, who who float in these spaces, business consulting, coaching, online services, but a lot of them have also had these types of experiences. So I'm hoping that this conversation, like many of the others, serves both of those purposes, guidance, you know, thoughts to trigger for the future, like, hey, how I want to operate in the future, but also maybe an opportunity to reflect on some of their own experiences that they had to, be- again, better understand why these situations came up in the first place. So I just, you, you just delivered and then some, like, I just passing you your flowers. Thank you so much for, for, yes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for collaborating with me to create that awesome coaching example, which again, we will have in the show notes. Lissa, you know, recommended everybody go watch it beforehand. If you didn't, please, you know, take some time to watch that now. It's, I think it was like 30, 40 minutes altogether. Like the session itself was 30 minutes and we had a little bit of chatting like after, but please go check that out. This is so very important. If not for your business, for you as an individual, as a professional because you may run into these types of things and your awareness will help keep you safe and may help keep others mentally safe as well. So Lissa, again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Ruthie. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. A lot of self-proclaimed business coaches out here are just bad consultants. And I think I've witnessed some unlicensed therapy happening in past group coaching sessions. When you know better, you're obligated to do better. That's the critically conscious way. So let's do better. I invite you to check out the coaching session I had with Lissa. We did it just to give you a wonderful example of what coaching should feel like in honor of her interview on the Critically Conscious Coach podcast. Use the link in the show notes. If you haven't experienced coaching like this, I'd hazard a guess that you haven't really experienced coaching. 